بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد الحمد لله we have started the muslim new year and the muslim new year as you know begins with uh, muharram uh, marking the hijra of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam where the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam with uh, abu bakr escaped the plots of the quraysh found refuge in a cave outside of Mecca, a cave called Thor, Ghar Thor, and they stayed there for three nights and then made their way to Medina. This is called the Hijra. The Hijra means to leave, it means to depart, it means to escape, flee away from so uh, the Prophet ﷺ was not afraid of his life. The Prophet ﷺ was not afraid of his life. He was just concerned for the future of the Ummah. gadgets anyway, hopefully you can hear me now with this one leaving his homeland leaving the place of his birth that he dearly loved, leaving the Kaaba. Can you imagine what it feels like to leave the Haram, to leave the Kaaba? How sad he must have been. I'm leaving the house of Allah, where Allah's nur comes down. I'm leaving the Zamzam. I'm leaving the, my birthplace, the place of my family, my tribe, everything. So you must consider the human emotions that the Prophet ﷺ went through. Sometimes we overlook the human emotions and we just assume that it's easy that Allah gives an order and the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba, maybe like robots, just go through the motions. But that's very far from the truth. Very far. It is a human 
experience. The Prophet has to willingly conform with the will of Allah, which is the meaning of Islam. Islam means to willingly conform to the will of Allah. But there's a lot of sacrifice there, a lot of emotional sacrifice, a lot of tribal sacrifice, a lot of emotion that goes through the mind, the heart, and the will of the Prophet along with Abu Bakr. Because Abu Bakr is leaving his father, and Abu Bakr is leaving his children. Abu Bakr is leaving Aisha to fend and take care of the family because his father is blind. So he must counter a fact factor in and count these values as we understand the story of the Hijrah. As the Quraysh are coming, they know his whereabouts and there's now a, another set of emotions. Because hijrah basically is you leave something for the sake of Allah and you go to an unknown future. Unknown. You don't know what's going to happen. And every step of the journey, he's navigating an unknown future. He doesn't predict anything. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't give him any information what's going to happen. It's very different from emigrating from one country to another because the country you're emigrating to, there's a known future. You know, something is there waiting for you. Here, there's no future that the Prophet has in his mind. All he knows is that there's a few Sahaba who are the Ansar, they're waiting for him to receive him in Medina, but you don't know the the perils, the dangers of the journey itself, which as you know, in the heat of the desert can be very difficult, very challenging with meager resources. So first, we must appreciate the sacrifice of the Prophet and Abu Bakr as they're making this journey as they're walking on this journey. And obviously many events occur on the way, but then they go and they reach outside of Medina. They camp there for a week and then they move on into the inner, um, you know, neighborhoods of Medina. So this is the Hijrah of the Prophet Once he comes into Medina, he knows he has to establish the will of Allah, the intent of Allah, and what Allah wants him to do. As he comes into Medina, it's not a rose garden. Some of us unfortunately feel as soon as he came to Medina, all the doors opened up. Nothing like that. There are further sacrifices he had to make. And again, he didn't know what is going to happen to him or to the Sahaba. He came into Medina knowing that the Ansar are poor people. They're not rich aristocrats 
like the people of Makkah. They're primarily farmers. They have very meager resources. They don't have money. Some of them don't even have food on a daily basis. This is what the Prophet knows. So he knows he's going to a group of people who will not be able to help him financially, economically, so that he can build what we now call the state of Medina, Darul Islam. He knows the challenges ahead of him. This is another huge sacrifice. Now, how, how do you then, you know, go to a place where there's meager resources and you want to implement the hukum of Allah, the plan of Allah, the will of Allah, the intent of Allah, when you have barely nothing? You can't establish a state anywhere without money. So he had to now ingeniously come with a solution. And the solution was human resources. What he had with him was a group of people who were so loyal and dedicated to him, to Allah, to the cause of the deen, that he knew if he could capture the imagination of the human factor in the Sahaba, in the Ansar, in the Muhajir, then he would be developing a very unique community. Because the community is not measured by the standards of economics and education. The community is measured by community standards. And what is a community standard? That you're in it together. You're in it together. So the Prophet builds now this trust amongst the Muslims, which is a huge resource. If you have trust, then things can happen. If you don't have trust, then nothing can happen. Doesn't matter how much money you have, and doesn't matter how much education you have. People in this country, they have education. They don't trust each other. Even they don't even talk to each other. People in this country have money, but nothing seems to happen. People are still depressed, anxious, angry, frustrated. So, the Prophet ﷺ, as a yatim, an orphan himself, knows what it takes to become a man. What it takes to navigate life. He's been through this. He's been through this in the 13 years of Namuwa in Mecca. Now he knows he's going through it again. The difference is that he has to inculcate within this very nascent new Muslim community a sense of honor, a sense of trust, a sense of sacrifice. So he goes in and he encourages Muslims on developing human values. He doesn't go into Medina and the first thing he says, all of you should earn money so that you can bring me money. He doesn't go there. That's how a prophet thinks or doesn't think. He says, feed people. Now, who's he talking to? If you come here, mashallah, the rich Shambhuk, 
and you tell the Muslims here, feed people, okay, it'll make sense. Okay, we have money, we have food, we have restaurants, we can do anything we want, we can feed people. But going to a community where there's no food and telling them you have to feed people is prophetic. No one can think that way except a Nabi. Because they don't have the vision for human resources. They don't understand how to develop the human being, the human value, which we now call our civilizational values. Meaning that even though you may not have food, even then, try and feed your brother and your sister. Bring in the element of sacrifice because now you are no longer individuals, you are a community. So you move from the individual mindset to the communal mindset and everything is built on trust. So he would say, لا يحب أحدكم حتى يحب ما يحب لنفسي. None of you are a true believer until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. But that, my dear brothers and sisters, can only be built on trust. That you have aman and amana inside of you. Security and trust. Which is what the world lacks today. Nobody trusts anybody. No government trusts another government. No businessman trusts another businessman. No academic trusts another academic. No family member trusts another family member. So the most important value that Muslims must think of is developing the human value. Developing the value of good human behavior. In such a way that if my neighbor goes away, my neighbor can trust me, leave the door open, and I'll never violate him. I'll never allow anyone to touch my neighbor. This is called trust. That's how you build a community. And that's how you build an ummah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designed it this way. Allah knows what he is doing. Allah knows the Sahaba have no money. Allah knows they have no resources. What Allah knows is that we have a Nabi who knows human values because he lives it. He, he is the human value himself, personified. So when we want to focus on building any community, then obviously money helps. Without money, you can't have this. Without money, you can't have this. That's fine, but it becomes secondary in your vision, in your mission. That if you have a group of people who want to work together and there's no trust, it won't work. It will collapse. It will be a disaster as we see here in this country with many Muslim organizations and even more many families. That the trust factor goes away and that's it. The building collapses. So we see from the concept of hijrah that the Prophet ﷺ is number one, sacrificing with human emotions. Number two, he's going to an unknown future. There's no guarantee there for him that people will be building palaces for him. And he'll be sitting in gardens. And he'll have a lot of oases and a lot of dates and everything else coming to him. He has nothing. And thirdly, the most important factor is that when we have human capital, we must develop the human capital through human values.
not economic values, not educational values. They come and they're necessary, but not at the expense of sacrificing human values where there's no compassion, there's no brotherhood, there's no trust, there's no generosity. That's when you have an ummah and that is the Prophet Sallallahu legacy which was now through the Hijrah. That's why the Hijrah is so important in the history of Muslims that Umar saw this and it is one of the reasons why he initiated the Muslim calendar from the Hijrah. We make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows us to understand all the concepts of Islam, allows us to become inshallah good human beings and good Muslims. Amin ya rabbal alamin.